0: Would you like to retire with enough? My name is Peter Gidry, and I am the host of the Retiring with Enough podcast.
1: Recently, my daughter asked about the best places to park money for a short period of time. Normally, a holding period of two years or less is considered short term. Because of the question that inspired this post and all of the help I received to get to this point, I'm dedicating this blog posting and podcast to my daughter and her husband, who have both been instrumental in the inception of the Retiring with Enough website, blog, and the Retiring with Enough podcast. My daughter's concern with short-term investment vehicles or short-term parking of her funds was losing the higher returns generated by longer-term investments why would someone consider placing money in an account earning a nominal return when other accounts generate much higher average returns? The problem here lies with the word average. If you add the following eight numbers, you have a plus two, minus two, minus two, minus two, minus two, two, plus ten, plus ten, and plus ten, Those eight numbers equal 24. If you then take the sum of 24 and divide it by 8, you'll come up with an answer of 3. If each of the numbers in this eight-number sequence represents an annual return percentage, then your average annual return is 3%, even though the majority of the annual returns are a negative 2%. Four of the eight returns represent a negative annual return. So in four of the eight years of investing, the return was negative, even though the average return is 3%. Let's return to the problem of short-term placement of money. When seeking higher returns for short-term funds, the concern is the sequence of short-term returns. This is exactly what we were speaking about in the previous example, where three of the annual returns were 10% and four of the annual returns were a negative 2%. So, in a two-year period, the sequence of returns could potentially be a positive 20% or a negative 4%. The future sequence of returns on any investment is unknown, and that presents a problem for short-term investing the primary concern with short-term investments is not the return on investments but the return of investments when you need a certain amount of money in a short period the greatest concern is not gaining the highest return but the return of all needed capital in our previous example making a gain of twenty percent would be wonderful but losing four percent of the needed money would be less wonderful this represents the no parking zone. The worst thing that can happen is losing money that you'll need shortly because of a negative short-term return sequence. When positioning short-term funds, preservation of capital is the highest priority, with higher investment returns occupying a distant second place. The bottom line is that monies needed soon should be placed in the safest vehicle possible with a lesser emphasis placed on return. For investment options of one year or less, the main consideration should be safety and utility. The following list is based on the safety and utility of funds needed in one year or less. Leading the pack is a bank checking account. A bank checking account is normally the easiest and simplest place to park short-term funds. Most people have a checking account and adding to or withdrawing from this account is quick and easy. Checking accounts are FDIC insured with very low risk. And checking accounts may or may not have an interest rate feature. In either case, the interest earned is normally very low, but the account has a high degree of safety. The next option is a high yield savings account. A high yield savings account is a good alternative to a bank checking account, which typically pays little or no interest. Savings accounts are normally insured by the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, at banks and by the NCUA, National Credit Union Administration at credit unions. These accounts provide a higher return than checking accounts, are easier to use, and and they're also insured. Next up are money market accounts. Money market accounts are offered by banks as an additional kind of bank deposit. Money market accounts are usually, but not always, FDIC insured, so it is important to verify insurance before investing money in a money market account. Funds in money market accounts provide easy access and offer a higher rate of interest than checking accounts offer. And some money market accounts impose restrictions on withdrawals. The next available option is a cash management account. Cash management accounts are usually offered by online brokerage companies. It's another type of liquid cash account that allows easy and quick access to funds. Cash management accounts also pay interest on funds invested, and usually cash management accounts provide insurance on funds deposited. However, not all cash management accounts are FDIC insured. Next up, Are money market mutual funds. Money market mutual funds differ from money market accounts. Money market mutual funds invest in short-term securities, and since it is a mutual fund, there are expenses that the mutual fund company deducts from the interest received on the account. Money market accounts are generally very safe, but are not FDIC-insured and could potentially lose money in extreme market conditions. There may also be limitations on withdrawals. Our next available option is treasuries. Treasuries come in three varieties, T-bills, T-bonds, and T-notes, and they're backed by the U.S. government. Treasuries are a type of bond with risks and rewards differing by bond. Treasuries are not FDIC-insured, but are backed by the U.S. federal government and are considered safe. Treasuries are less liquid than other short-term investments. However, they can be bought and sold on any day the market is open. No penalties, certificates of deposit are the next option. Certificates of deposit are time deposits in which a depositor agrees to hold money in the account for a specified period ranging from weeks to years. Funds can be withdrawn without penalty before the CD matures. CDs are FDIC insured and are typically less liquid. But no penalty CDs allow you to withdraw funds early, and this eliminates most of the illiquidity. The next available option are short-term U.S. government bond funds. Short-term U.S. government bond funds provide a diversified portfolio of bonds and are considered low risk. Bonds issued by the federal government and its agencies are not FDIC-insured, but by the government's promise to repay the money. Because U.S. government bonds are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States, these bonds are considered very safe. U.S. bonds will pay a reasonable rate of interest, but not as much as corporate bonds. U.S. bonds are highly liquid and can be bought and sold any day the stock market is open. And are very similar to short-term corporate bond funds. Short-term corporate bond funds are comprised of bonds issued by major corporations to fund their investments. Corporate bond funds are also considered safe and normally pay interest quarterly or semi-annually. Corporate bond funds are not insured by the government and they can lose money. And they're diversified, which mitigates much of the risk incurred by investing in individual bonds. They can be bought and sold on any day the financial markets are open. This completes our list, and when evaluating the options listed above, it'll be noted that there are several short-term options, but the ease of use, safety, liquidity, and ease of access to funds should be the highest consideration. Most short-term investors would benefit by placing funds in bank checking accounts, bank savings accounts, and bank money market accounts. Although treasuries, bond funds, and CDs are listed, These may be more appropriate for a two- or three-year investment horizon. The blog with the same title, found on the Retiring with Enough website, also includes two tables provided by bankrate.com, which summarize the information provided in this podcast. My next podcast will discuss retirement travel. Thanks for listening.
0: If you're enjoying the podcast, Please feel free to leave a review. And if you want to partake in an online conversation, be sure to search for the Retiring with Enough group on Facebook. Thanks. The information and opinions contained on this podcast are for general education and are considered general communications. Information on the podcast was obtained from various sources and Retiring with Enough does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information presented. Retiring with enough strongly recommends that you perform your own independent research and or speak with a qualified investment professional, legal advisor, or tax professional before making any financial decisions. The information and opinions expressed should not be construed as financial planning and does not consider the economic status or risk profile of any specific person,
1: nor does it constitute an offer to buy or sell securities.